Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Lifestart Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition, distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. Eastman Animal Nutrition. Visit EASTMAN.com. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace Chromium. Visit Chemin.com forward slash swine heat stress today. Purina Animal Nutrition, where R&D meets ROI. My name is Clayton Chastain, your host for today's episode. Today we have with us Dan Busirai, a co-owner and swine nutritionist at Group Sarai. So Dan, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no, thanks a lot uh, for having me on the show. Yeah, Dan Bussière, I'm the uh, co-owner, like, uh, uh, like you said about the uh, group Sarai. I'm a swine nutritionist involved in research nutrition since 26 years. Uh, we have business all over Canada. And uh, like I said, the focus has been developing nutrition program and application of field research to our customer and partner in the swine industry. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about some of the research that you recently uh, sent me. So I saw a study or more, I guess it was more of a PowerPoint on the effects of this polyphenol based product in lactating sows. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah. So about two years ago, we've been in touch with a group in Europe that had that uh, polyphenol based product from grape extract. Uh, those products have been around in the swine industry since a couple of years. Uh, they had some data on dairy cow, improving the IgG uh, content of colostrum. So uh, I thought it would be interesting to evaluate that concept on, on sow in lactation. So uh, we performed a trial in our research barn, which is a 1,300 sow research barn in Manitoba, uh, where we fed sow with a controlled diet and a diet with 150 ppm of that polyphenol product during lactation. So we really focus on the pre-farrow four or five days, you know, where the sow goes into the farring crate. And we fed that diet with the polyphenol up to weaning. So uh, we did that trial in 2020. Uh, like I said, we look at cell performance, which is pretty important. Uh, but we also took some colostrum sample uh, on the subset, subset of the cell and also some blood sample on, on the wean pigs, okay, of the different treatment group that we had in that trial. Uh, the goal was to look at colostrum value and also at the blood serum of those pigs and performance of those pigs as well. So in terms of sow performance, we didn't see a big impact on the sow itself. You know, feed intake, body condition loss, uh, litter size was the same within the two treatment group, no significant difference. Uh, what we saw, although, was an increase in winning weight. So 350 grams better winning weight on the sow that were fed the polyphenol-based product, which transferred to about 0.75 pounds uh, per pig based on the, you guys in the U.S. that are listening to us today. Um, so that was the big outcome, you know, winning weight, you know, is a big uh, improvement at that level. It was highly significant when we did the stats. So that one was a, was a clear uh, outcome of the, of the project. Uh, after that, we look at colostrum sample. So like I said, uh, we took colostrum sample and we measured different parameter uh, with the University Laval Labo Laboratory in Quebec. Uh, we look at, uh, first of all, at BRICS value. The BRICS is a measure of colostrum IgG content. So it's just using a refractometer where you put a droplet of the colostrum and you measure the density. And a higher density mean higher IgG. So we found an improvement of 5%. It was significant when we run the stat on that Briggs value. When we look at colostrum IgG, uh, we found only an improvement of 1.2%. Slight improvement, 
not significant, but we saw a shift on the higher level of IgG. So the 100 milligrams per milliliters category, we had a higher proportion of the colostrum sample at that level. And I have to mention that the base level of the control group was already pretty good. So it's not like we were short on IgG in our colostrum in the control group. So to have a 1.2% increase, uh, I know it's not big, but we already had a good base level. So the IgG level was higher, but not significantly higher. Then we measured GPX, the glutathione peroxidase, you know, which is an indicator of the oxidative status of the of the, uh, of the of the of the colostrum, and we found an improvement of 28% in GPX in the colostrum, which was highly significant. So that was a couple of things we look at colostrum that was pretty interesting. Like I said, we took blood sample on the pigs, you know, at weaning on the subset subset of the pigs, and we measure IgG again, improvement of 10% of IgG in the blood serum of the pigs at weaning. Again, it was not highly significant, but still an improvement of IgG. Uh, we measure some vitamin A, C, and E. All those are related to oxidative status of the animal. And we found an improvement of 41% of those three vitamins, with vitamin E being held by 87%, which was highly significant. So high, much higher level of vitamin E in the blood serum of those pigs that received the, the milk from the cell that were receiving the polyphenol. And the GPX on the blood sample was 29% higher. I just told you that IgG was uh, in the colostrum, it was 28%, GPX higher, 29% in the blood sample of the pig. So really close and increase, you know, were the same magnitude in both, uh, in both the colostrum and the blood of the pigs. So this is, you know, things that we think are helping the pigs to have a better oxidative status. You know, when you have a stress, those pigs should cope better with this, any stress that happen at weaning or during farrowing at that time. And after that, we follow some of those pigs during the post-weaning period to make sure that the impact on average gain that we had on weight that we had at weaning had a carryover effect uh, during the post-weaning period. So the first two weeks post-weaning, those pigs that were fed from the diet with the with the polyphenol grew 200 grams per day better. So 13 grams per day better for 200 grams higher weight after two weeks in nursery. So we had an increase of 250 grams at weaning plus another 200 grams pick up within two weeks after weaning. So those pigs were half a kg heavier after two weeks, you know, post weaning. So that weaning weight had a carryover effect and a multiple effect, you know, uh, at two weeks post weaning. So we really think that it's not, it was not a fluke to have that higher weaning weight. We have something that also uh, translates to the nursery period. So pretty interesting data showing that the weaning weight justify a payback for the product. You know, we have a return on investment of 10 to one. But at the same time, we think we have a pig that is better able to cope with any oxidative stress that may happen uh, after weaning or before weaning. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Hubbard Feeds, research-driven and focused on helping you achieve your goals. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Healthy farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. Contact us for time and labor-saving solutions. Yeah, I was going to say, it was very interesting um, study. So one question I had, I'm um, just play a little devil's advocate here on the, uh, the GPX enzyme. Um, you said it was... Just to clarify, you said it was higher in the colostrum and yeah. then was also higher in the uh, blood. piglet blood. Yeah. Um, 
So do we like know for sure since that enzyme is higher, since you could argue maybe that uh, that could be like a sign of more oxidative stress. I mean, they did better, so I wouldn't think so, but it could be a sign of more oxidative stress and naturally producing it. And you could also or- argue it's from um, the ingestion of more of that GPX. So I guess, how do you know the difference there? Do you know the mechanism behind like the absorption of that enzyme? For the I, I don't. I don't think we have the answer on that, but that's a good question. But I think, due to the fact that it was a true side by side trial, the, the stress on those patients should have been the same. So is it a, a higher level due to a response to the stress? But if they had the stress on control in the polyphenol group, if they have higher GPX because they respond better to that stress, or are they better able better to respond to a further stress? You know. So I don't have the answer. Uh, when I saw your question yesterday, you know, I went back and I'm asking, you know, the, the specialist on that product to answer my, my to answer that type of question. But he's on vacation right now. But that's something that should be clarified. But I think that it's a better status to prevent damage of oxidative stress down the road that we have with that higher GPX and vitamin E level right. at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So you said the the blood serum levels for vitamins of the piglets was uh, much higher. And uh, so for those vitamins, what do they all add to the increased resistance to oxidative stress or do they help in other ways? Well, for sure, vitamin E, we know, you know, can help in other way, but we know it's an antioxidant, you know, one of the components of antioxidant. Uh, so the GPX, vitamin E are the two main ones that we found in our data set. Uh, vitamin A and C were helped by 15% only, so it was not significant. Uh, vitamin C play a role as well as antioxidant but the 15% may not make a big difference. And the thing we don't know is that those increase, do they mean something, you know, is more better. You know, sometimes the base level should be enough. You put more and that doesn't change anything. So yes, we have more. Are we really able to cope more with oxidative stress because of those higher level? Maybe not, but maybe yes at the same time. It's hard to tell about that. But I think the vitamin E, GPX, and a bit of vitamin C are all helping in that sense. DSM can help you prepare, protect, and support resilience in your piglets, providing local swine expertise and complete, tailor-made solutions to help you achieve your vision. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of pig care. What's next to move your business forward? Purina's team of pork industry professionals can help you find solutions that work as well in the barn as they do in the research lab. Let's find a solution together to get the results you need today and in the future. You'll say, well, that study was very interesting. And it was a, it's always fun when you have a study that gives good and easy to uh, interpret results like that. Um, so, yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. And uh, thanks for taking the time in your day to speak with me. Oh, thanks a lot. And I appreciate the time. And I hope people will appreciate it. And if there's any question, they can get a hold of me. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition-related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.